This is your host, Artemis Brower, uh, along with my good friend on the ones and twos, our producer filling in for Jared this week, Josh, a.k.a. Knowledgeable Soul. How you doing today, man? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. How are you? How are you? I'm, I'm here, brother. I'm here. We, we, we've been working a long week. Tomorrow's Friday. It's a payday. Thank God it's a payday. But uh, for some of us, yeah. <laughs> okay, I'll, I'll just speak for myself on that one. I'll just speak for myself. But no, I'm 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 good, man. I'm doing well in good spirits. Excited to be doing this episode with you, man. Excited. Oh yeah, oh yeah. It's gonna be good. It's gonna be a good one. Yeah, yeah. You know we, we we said it was gonna be short and sweet and to the point, but it's still gonna be a good episode. So we gotta we gotta get the people what they want, give them that good content. Uh, but kind of just jumping right into it. Episode one eighty two. Uh, always start with a little bit of small talk. You got a uh, you got an eighty two for us this week. Ooh, do I have an 82 for us? Uh, come back to me. Come back to me. Okay, okay. I can come back to you. I can come back to you. Um, what's mine for this week? Mine, little known guy by the name of Greg Olson. He was kind of in the, in, the, in, the, in the headlines this week. Um, Tom Brady supposedly supposed to be taking his position after um, or when he's ready, to, I guess, to, to come on Fox Sports. I don't know if you know this, but Tom Brady signed like a mega million-dollar contract with Fox Sports to come on there. And rumor is he's going to be taking Greg Olson's color commentator spot um, when he's ready to come in. So I think that's a little beat up, but that's beside the point. Greg Olson, he wore 82 from my Chicago Bears back in the day. It was a uh, first-round draft pick by the Chicago Bears in 2007. I think played four years up there in Chicago. Everybody knows him as his time in Carolina down there in Charlotte. Uh, but I remember him as a Bear first. Um, and while he was in Chicago, wore number 82. I think he was a three-time um, pro bowler, two or three time all pro. Um, I think the first tight end in NFL history to have three consecutive thousand yard seasons. Um, so shout out to Greg Olson. All right. I've got one. I'm going to go back to NASCAR, bring in the NASCAR hey, spin. I, I, I love the NASCAR plug. I love it. Hey, this one, this one's kind of a wild one because everybody knows this guy for the number nine with okay. Hendrick Motorsports, but I'm going to go with. Casey Kane, number 82, when he drove for Red Bull Racing. 59 starts, not really great performance in 2010, you know, around that time. But, hey, I mean, it got him his next ride. That's all that really matters. Um, but, yeah, Casey Kane. I think Casey Kane is my number 82 this week. As I got a quick question. As somebody who's not, like, big into NASCAR like that, like, and I have a cousin. His name is Michael, Michael Brower. He's actually works in, like, the pit crew. Like, he's, like – a NASCAR aficionado. He's like the guy. And growing up, that's all he did. All he talked about was always working on cars with his dad. But like, what, what is the draw with, with NASCAR? Cause I kind of want to get it, get into it. I've been to a race in Martinsville. It was a lot of fun, but I just never kind of went back into it after that. For me, it, it's so much of the technical side and the personalities. Like, like what's your actually, so actually plug for, for this Netflix series that they just released this yeah. week. You get to see a lot of their personalities, and I think that's a really good thing. That's what's been missing from NASCAR for the past, like, 10, 15 years. But that and all the technicality, how the car is basically a spec car now, okay. but you still have those teams that somehow can engineer something ever so slightly out within the rules to make theirs better. And it's just like – like, that kind of ingenuity is crazy. It's crazy. I love it. I love it. I got I got I definitely – I don't know if I'm going to be the guy that's watching on TV – but going to a race, definitely, because uh, I've always wanted to go to the, um, what is it, the uh, the Coca-Cola 500 in, in Charlotte? Yeah, Coke 600. Yeah, yeah. they just call it that. Okay, that and, and Daytona. Like, those are, like, the two, like, I definitely want to get to before I die. Um, yeah, I've, 
I've already got my tickets to the Coke 600 for this year. This will be my third straight year and my, nice. I believe, sixth year overall. So, yeah, I, hey, that that is that is the race to go to, if you ask me. Love it. Love it. Well, in getting into this episode, man, always got to mention the VSN Network, Variety Sports Network. We are proud members of the Variety Sports Network. Um, if you have not given some of these other podcasts a listen, please, please do that. Go listen to them. Go give them a shout out. Uh, go subscribe. Go like. Do what it is that you do, but definitely, definitely check out the VSN Network. As again, we are proud members of VSN. But kind of hopping right into this episode with you, Josh. Um, kind of getting to updates. Obviously, we're gonna talk about football first because that's what we do. Um, new commissioner for the AAC. I know this is something that you have kind of been following a little bit closely. Kind of, kind of break that down. What's what's going on with the new commissioner for the American? Yeah. So as as most people know. The commissioner, Mike Oresco, will be leaving us. I believe he's, his last day is May 1st or May 31st, somewhere some around that time. Uh, he's he's led us from the beginning until now, so it's, yeah. it's, it's his time to go. Second longest tenure commissioner currently outside of Greg Sankey with the SEC. So something to say about that kind of longevity for a conference like this. But um, he's out in the American, which the board of directors for the American conference is actually – ECU's chancellor, Philip Rogers, Dr. Philip Rogers. So ECU has a lot, you know, a lot of say in this, a lot of play in this. So um, they've hired Turnkey ZGR as the company to kind of lead the search. Um, they are, they've been behind the scenes working a lot. They got Mike Elko back to Texas A&M. They're looking for Texas A&M's athletic director. They got Jonathan Smith to Michigan State. They got the Big Ten Commissioner, Charlie Baker, as the NCAA president. Like, they've been behind the scenes in a lot of these good moves and good hires over the past year, year and a half. So I'm really looking forward to seeing what kind of guy we get, especially with the the landscape that we're in with college sports, especially NIL and uh, college football just in general. I mean, it's it's such a, like, pivotal moment for the American, right? And as much as – because we've had Michael Resco on this podcast. And as much as Jared now is like turnkey and does not like Michael Resco and thinks he's like one of the worst commissioners ever, I don't think the man did a bad job. Like, I, I really felt like he kept this conference at the class of the group of five, which was his job to do. And obviously, we lost some heavy hitters. We lost Cincinnati, we lost UCF, we lost Houston. Um, and so now there's other programs like a Memphis, like a Tulane, like a ECU, it's going to have to fill those holes. Like, I feel like the, the pressure on this new commissioner is going to be so immense. Like, do you do you feel that way? Because I feel like what they're going to have to come in and do to try to keep the American above all these other G5s and NIL and the landscape constantly changing in college football. I feel like the job now is harder than what Michael Resco had to do when he, when he first stepped in. Yeah, I think right now, for me personally, whoever the American ends up getting, their main goal just has to be stabilizing and keeping the American as a top three, four, five, six conference and not letting us slip out of whatever the next conversation is for especially college football. I think that's really going to be their biggest goal because at this point, I mean, say what you want about the teams that we added to the American North Texas is leading in, in the, in the women's Florida Atlantic is leading in the men's Charlotte is up there in the tops for, for both of them. You know, it's like it's kind of like one of those things where we all talk bad about these teams that were coming in, but not realizing they were probably ready. Yeah, yeah I'm, <laughs> I, I'm gonna be. I was one of those dudes. Like I was out here talking trash about Rice. I was out here talking trash about North Texas. I was out here like, what did these what did these schools add? And right now they're better than East Carolina program. <laughs> so 
I can't really say too too much. But uh, no, I was I was definitely on that on that on that wagon. Like, uh, I don't I don't know, I don't know. Yeah. So I think I mean whoever the American gets, their main goal just has to be making sure that the American stays in that conversation. And even though there might not be any more room for expansion or growth right now with the way the teams mm-hmm. are. Right. Somehow stabilizing it and, and just at least not letting us slip, you know, not letting us be that first one out. Let me let me ask you this, because obviously, like football is, is the bread and butter, like all these other programs. Baseball can be great. Basketball can be great. But if your football program is not good, then you still kind of fall by the wayside a little bit. Who do you think has like what, give me like a top three or four programs like in the American right now that you think has got to be like the next Cincinnati, the next Houston, the next UCF, like the next flag bearers? of the conference i think for for the american to be as good as it can be financially mm-hmm. for atlantic yeah charlotte ecu and memphis those are my four that have to succeed in football okay no no two lane no two not no two lane right now no two lane okay. right now simply because they got a new coach and I think I don't know how this is going to work out for them. It could be great, but I don't know if this is the right hire for this time. I think they might need to go to somebody else in two or three years, and then that might be the person. But like for the next two or three years, I think those are the four teams that really have to step it up because I mean Charlotte has the money waiting to be spent, and they they just need to win to get the money. Florida yeah. Atlantic, same thing. Yeah. It's untapped potential in Charlotte. Like Jared hates the idea of Charlotte being a legitimate program, but there's so much untapped potential. I mean, the Queen City, it's the Queen City, right? It's 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 Charlotte. I love Charlotte. I I really do. That's like my second home. But there's so much untapped potential in in Charlotte. I would agree. I think FAU definitely, um, definitely, definitely needs to be there. ECU, obviously, we 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 homers, we bias. We think ECU definitely, and the history of ECU, like you know, it just makes sense that they should be like a like a top tier program. Um, I know we saw a comment giving Tulane bulletin board material, so which they've been the class the last couple of years. They have been the class of, of the American. Uh, maybe they don't go, you know, drop too far off. We'll see. But I, I agree with that list. I, I definitely do. Either way, I think the new commissioner has a lot to deal with on his hands. It's, it's definitely going to be a tall task. So. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But and, uh, go ahead. I mean, I was just saying, speaking of football, I mean, we just got some news today, which I think is great news. Uh, spring game coming up. Finally, got a date. April 13th. April 13th. Was it at, a, at 11? Yep, 11 a.m. Doors open at 1030. Now, Jared and I mentioned going to the spring game, and sadly, I will not be able to attend. I think this is like my third straight spring game I'm missing. I know I'm, I'm a terrible pirate. I'm awful. But vacation calls. My fiance only has a birthday once a year, and and her birthday is April 11th. So you know we gotta we gotta make things shake. <laughs> so I will be on the cruise, and I will not be there. But I know it's gonna be good, 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 good times. What you looking forward to in the spring game? I am just looking forward to seeing what the base of the offense will look like. I think I I, I know we're not gonna get you know full bells and whistles with everything. I just want to see what that what what what's the first five plays. Like, what are the first five plays? Because to me, I mean, I don't know. Maybe maybe they're going to go off of some other kind of scheme. But to me, those first five plays are going to tell me what's really going on with this offense. And I think having two quarterbacks of the caliber of Jake Garcia and Kane Hauser 
splitting those two guys up will be just fine. <laughs> be just fine. And I think I really think that we should go back to having two separate full squads instead of offense versus defense. I just think I think that having two full squads it would really show better what we have potentially. Yeah, so you like you like you mean like a, like a like a first team offense, second team offense going out there and and playing? Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah. Or or just or splitting up your first team and your second team, mixing them in, and just having a full, yeah. almost like a full scrimmage, you know, mixing them in and keep it, making sure everybody has that first team mentality, you know, on both sides. Because it is basically glorified practice, right? So you're not you're not going to see too too much. But I agree with that. Kind of mix and match, see what you got, you know, see if these guys can play with these guys and vice versa. Like kind of kind of mix it up a little bit. I definitely see what you're saying on that. So, but outside of the spring game too, I think uh, baseball hosts Charlotte at 4 p.m. that day. Uh, so kind of got a doubleheader with the spring game. Then you got baseball hosting Charlotte um, that same day as well. I do see in here. I know we were talking about this before the episode. Justin Hardy's huge announcement. Kind of want to talk about that a little bit. What do you what do you think Justin Hardy's announcement may be? Uh, I'm gonna go out on a limb and say that Justin Hardy has donated enough money to get his name on the indoor practice facility, and he has gotten a collective of other ECU alumni to come together and finally push that last bit of money for the uh, for the indoor practice facility. Look, if true. Wow, I don't think it is. I don't. I don't think it is. Just because Justin Hardy wasn't wasn't in lead, that I I think he holding on to his coin. I'm just gonna be honest with you. I think Justin holding on to his coin, even though I know he ain't broke. <laughs> big if true, I would definitely say big if true. I um I was joking. I don't know. Maybe maybe he might be might be joining that uh, that league down there. Is it is it the CFL? What is it, what is it called now? Is it UFL? You're not a UFL. UFL. Yeah, but I mean. They'll be they'll be started by the time that comes around, right? Well, they, are they not starting? I have no idea. I, I have no, I, I know USFL joined with XFL. I don't even know. When, I know it's spring ball, but I, I have no idea when it starts. <laughs> I really don't. Yeah, they start March thirtieth. So. Okay. Okay. I don't know. Hey, who knows? Yeah, just hey, stay tuned. Come out to the game. That that'll be the best way to find out. Come out to the game. It's free. Get you some barbecue. That part, so that's that's what I'm going for. I, I do got a question for you. I'm, I'm actually happy you brought up barbecue because I do have a I do have a I have a side question for you, Josh. Let me let me ask you this: Where where were you born and raised? Where where what part of the country you born and raised? East North Carolina or, or is it somewhere else? I'm born and raised in Hickory, about an hour outside of Charlotte. Okay, okay. My dad actually used to live in Hickory, so I know that I know that area pretty pretty well. That's a nice little area up there. Hickory's a little underrated, to be honest with you. I like. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, so. Eastern North Carolina barbecue, or are we going with another region? Because Jared and I have had this debate plenty of times. I'm actually not the biggest Eastern North Carolina barbecue fan. I like it, but it's not my favorite. I'm not afraid to say that here on National Airways. I don't care. Um, <laughs> are you going with Eastern North Carolina barbecue, or are you going with a whole other region? So when I make my own barbecue, I mix it between the – I have a vinegar base, mm-hmm. but it still has – some thickness so it's a mix between the two right between the right. east and west but if so you have vinegar and mustard no 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 it's vinegar between the vinegar and ketchup based okay 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 right but i do love a good mustard base honey mustard that specific I mean uh barbecue that's specifically for meatballs okay okay 
Okay. And then Alabama white sauce. If you ever make it down to Birmingham, you gotta get some barbecue with some Alabama white. I heard about sauce. that. Now I'm I'm marrying a woman that was that was born and raised in Alabama. She's from Alabama. I still haven't really had authentic Alabama barbecue or that white sauce. So I gotta I gotta I gotta try that. Gotta find that. Gotta find that. That's good Absolutely. stuff. Okay, I like it. I like it. See, the the look. This is no shot to Eastern North Carolina barbecue. It's not because I, I do I love I love my bees. I love Parkers. I'm I'm with you, but it's just on the vinegar base. It just kind of gets a little tiresome after a while. I I don't I don't know. That's just me. That's just me. Hey, I got at least one person who agrees with me there. I, hey. <laughs> <laughs> love it, love it. Well, look, moving right along, getting into some other ECU athletic news and sports. Uh, ECU men's basketball. Uh, the the roller coaster that is ECU men's basketball sitting at eleven eleven split the week again. Um, Josh, talk to us about ECU basketball. Talk to us about kind of this season. Talk to us. I think we got nine games left. You know, for for the remainder um, of the season. How do you think this team finishes the season out sitting at eleven eleven right now? I think that right now ECU men's basketball finishes out the season. I'm going to see how many games we got left for quick one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. I'm going to say EC finishes out one game under 500. That's exactly what I had. One game under 500. I don't see it. I just, as good as we are, as good as we are, especially as individual players, mm-hmm. and this is no shot to the team at all. This is this is legit. Just seeing the games in person, seeing them on TV, we have such great skill. Something about Ninjas Coliseum and the ECU purple and gold basketball uniform. I, I don't know what it is. <laughs> it's like we just cannot put it together for a sustained amount of time. Yeah. One game under five hundred is how we're going to finish finish the year. Yeah, I I would I would absolutely agree with you. Um, just looking at the remaining schedule, like I, I see four wins and I see five losses. That's that's just kind of how I look at the remaining schedule. I think we finished fifteen and sixteen, um, which is kind of par for the course with this with this basketball program. Um, and and like you said, it's not the individual talent is there. Like by by themselves, these guys are. are real ballers and it's no shot at the team like you said but it's like as a collective it feels like we haven't really meshed or we haven't really kind of gotten all the way there the way we kind of need to at this point in the season to be able to kind of close some games out kind of finish strong kind of do what we need to do um, make shots when we need to make shots play defense when we need to play defense um so i absolutely agree with that i, I do want to ask you this though because we all believe in in Mike Schwartz. I know. I know. I still believe in Mike Schwartz. I know. I still believe what he can do for this basketball program. Do you think he's on the hot seat though after next season? If it's another subpar season, like it's another like sixteen and 15, 15 and sixteen, whatever it is, like we're, like there's no separation in in the wins and losses. Where I sit right now, no, and I say that because. One of the best recruits that ECU is getting reclassified to 2025. He was supposed to be 2024. He was just at the game, I guess it was yesterday, the home, last home game. I guess it was just, I think it was yesterday. He was just at ECU. He seems still to be pretty locked in. Jordan Vick, 
I, I consider him a friend of the pod. Um, yeah. he's, he's a 252 product, but he's currently playing on a national circuit with Word of God based out of Raleigh. If, if he matriculates just a little bit more and ends up being like a Rob Dillingham, which he, he's that's not really his skill set, but what Rob is doing at Kentucky, I think that he can kind of reproduce here at ECU with that kind of that kind of, of shot that he has. Right. I think I think we have to give him that extra year just to see that at least that extra freshman come in and to see um, uh, RJ Felton's younger brother come in and have a second year. I, I think I think we got to give him at least that. I, yeah, I would I would tend to agree with that. I, I do. Look, I, I think the questions would be fair if we do have another subpar season where there's no separation next season, next year. Um, but I would agree. I, I definitely think that you got to You got to give, give them another two years. Right. Let's let's see how the, some of these some of these guys come in. Let's let's see. And, you know, see if Schwartz can really develop his own guys. Right. Like everybody's his own guys come in and really just develop his own guys from from scratch, from start to finish. Um, but I, I will say it, it, it. The sun's not getting low, but definitely want to see some improvement going into the next season, because I definitely feel like there's going to be some rumblings. If it doesn't pick up, I think it will. I definitely think it's it's going to improve. It's going to get better. But um, yeah. And then looking, I mean, looking at this these last nine games, where do you see the wins? At? I mean, I see four wins. But who do you think we beat in these last nine? All right, these last nine. Where do I see the wins? I'm pulling up the schedule. All right, I see us dropping the next two away at Charlotte at UTSA. I see us dropping those two. Okay. Coming back home, beating Wichita State. <sighs> beating Tulane. Going to Rice, beating them. So that's three and two. Losing to Memphis at home. Losing at North Texas. Okay. Winning against SMU. Losing senior day against Charlotte. Because Charlotte's still first in the conference. And we got the next at Charlotte. And on senior day. So I I think those are, yeah, I think those are still two losses. But I I think we go 500 into senior day. And then lose that last game to Charlotte. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I would would say, I think, I think we beat UCSA. I think we beat Wichita State. I think we beat Rice. Where's the other win at? Between North Texas and SMU, but I'm not confident on either one of those. No. On either one of those. I mean, I I'm more... three and five during or three and uh three and six during the stretch, but yeah. And honestly, I see us beating Memphis before we get anywhere close to North Texas or SMU right now. I think SMU is gonna be a hot force. Yeah. When we go down there. So yeah, it's not now. Now that I honestly look at the schedule again, it ain't looking that great. I mean, Memphis, North Texas, SMU, three straight, and then Charlotte. Like that's that's the last four. Yeah, that's the that's the last <laughs> four games. It gets pretty pretty good competition. Um, so yeah, and then you know we'll we'll mess around and and go into the t- American Athletic Conference tournament and win a game or two and shock some people and then get bounced out in the second or third round. So that's just yeah. kind of that's just kind of ECU basketball goes. So, but enough about the men. Uh, let's move on to these scrappy women who continue to do it again. Sitting at 12 and 8, not the season that we thought that they would have, but honestly, they never give up. Um, they're always fighting, always pulling it out. They went down um, 
play Tulsa tonight, win that game. A low scoring affair, but a win is a win, and we'll take it how we can get it. What do you what you know what what say you about this women's basketball team and kind of their perseverance even after losing who they've lost? I think that this I think this women's basketball team is a reflection of the coaching staff personified. Like that no give up attitude, that fight to the end, that defensive mindset of always being after the ball. I think that's that's what's really keeping this team alive right now. And as much as I wanted to see us we lose maybe two, three games in the conference this year and being yeah. that good. Yeah. Honestly, if, if we, I mean, but the thing is, if, if we look at last season, we weren't really that great. We just won the conference tournament. Like, like it, it was so much. I mean, we were we were really more of a March Madness team than we were a, a American conference. Like, yeah. I mean, we, we were picked to finish what last last year? That, that's yeah. What we were, that's what we were picked to finish. So, yeah. And, and honestly, if, if, uh, USF hadn't got knocked out the round before the championship last year, we probably wouldn't have been the champion. Like, I mean, just simple as that. But I think that um, I think that right now, I don't. Based on the team that we have, based on the players that we're that we're playing with, and the ones that we've lost, and the the learning curve that had to come with some of these players, I I am I am I am proud of this team. I mean, twelve and eight. <laughs> coming off of some of those injuries and, and coming right. off of some of those losses, like that that game at Tulane, eighty-one to fifty-five loss, like ah. But then they still fight. Like that's just got to give it to them. And like you said, I mean, it, it speaks directly to Coach McNeil and, and what she's doing with this with this program. We got to protect that woman at all costs, right? Like, like she is she is a top three coach in all of ECU athletics to me. That we got to we got to keep her around at, at all costs because i mean she's going to get caught so I'm, I'm sure she's going to get some 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 knocks at the door but hey you want to come switch, switch it up a little bit and come over here so definitely kudos to her um Danae mcneil too like i, I want to ask you do you think she's playing at the next level do you think she's at the caliber to where she can play at the at the next level i would love to see her get her shot in the WNBA. i would mm. love to see her get that shot I, I'm not sure that that her skill set directly translates right now. Right. Um, I, I could easily see her being a player that goes overseas for a year or two, and then comes back and ends up playing, you know, a decent career. You know, a few years, it's six, seven, eight years. Yeah, they 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 can make some good money overseas. So. Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. And 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 honestly, there's I, I don't I don't think playing overseas. In basketball is is a bad thing. I think that no. that's still I still that, that's, that's still one of those things that if you do that, you're still top of the game. Like you're right. still top of the game. Um, but yeah, I, I think that, that that's probably a way for her. But she she's taken over this team. She has taken over this team completely. How do you think they finish down the stretch? How do you think they finish in the regular season? What what say you about the conference tournament? Do you think they can make a run? Maybe like like a little. We're not we're not saying they're going. They're not going to repeat. But you know, you think they can make a little bit of a run, finish strong? I don't know. See, because that's the thing. I that's I was going to look this up before the before the show. I don't know what the the scheduling is for the women's bracket because I'm like we have 14 teams in the conference. <laughs> like that's a lot of rounds to get through for a conference tournament champion. Uh, I'm going to, I'm going to see if I can pull that up real quick, see what that tournament looks like because all 14 seeds go. Oh my gosh. Ooh. 
we've got to be like a we've got to be like an eight seed, really. The way I'm looking at it, to have a viable shot because yeah. eight seed skips the first day and then plays the one seed. If we can get that game out the way, then the rest of it will probably be a little bit easier. So yeah, yeah I don't know. They won. I mean, how many how many games is that to to run the, to run the gauntlet? <laughs> if you were to to, do to go from last, that's one, two, three, four. That's five rounds. To go from fourteen, anywhere from fourteen to eleven. Wow. Yeah. So basically, the the first day is knockout day for between fourteen, eleven, thirteen, right. and twelve. And then you got that 9-8-10-7, winner of game one, get winner of game two, and five and six. So yeah, I think I think you gotta be an eight seed at this point. I think that's realistic. Mm-hmm. Maybe, I mean, I the thing is I don't wanna I don't wanna be a six seed in that first game being against the two seed. Right. So you want you want to be right in the middle. You want to you want to be somewhere right. creeping, creeping in the middle and, and just kind of get a, a nice look. Not well, I wouldn't say nice, but kind of like a decent first round matchup that kind of gets you nice and nice and moist and nice and wet for that for that next the next round matchup. So. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think that I think that's that's the way to go with this one this year. Either way, though, I mean, the, the perseverance and like you said, the tenacity of these women to still be sitting at 12 and eight with what we've had to deal with this season. And the expectations. Kudos to them. So, ECU women's basketball always a pleasure talking about them. But hey, look, like we said, this wasn't gonna be a long episode. We was gonna keep it short and sweet to the point because you know we're kind of in that that cauldron where it's not too too much to talk about. Baseball ain't started just yet. Football's over. Um, so we're still kind of just hitting hitting along with the notes as as they come, hitting along with the stories as they come. I don't think we had any Twitter questions this week. I didn't see any. Did you see any nah, last minute? Didn't nah. see any. Yeah. Um, so I guess just getting right into walk the plank. Do you have one for this week? Uh, I have I have one one that I think Jared w- would enjoy, and then I have one for myself. The one okay. that I think Jared would enjoy is uh, the Green Bay Packers walking the plank for hiring Boston College's head coach to be the defense coordinator. It will it will always be fuck BC on this podcast. I'm pretty sure Haley had like a losing record at Boston College and is somehow getting a promotion to the NFL <laughs> to be a coordinator. I don't know. I don't I don't get it. I mean, hey, the, the Packers always do more with less, right? Look, sometimes it's not what you know, but who you know. So networking is a powerful drug. <laughs> he probably never yeah. ass off to get into that position. I am mad at the brother, but I, I agree with you. I don't know how you have a losing record in college. And they think you're gonna to jump to the pros and like have success. So I, you know, it is what it is. But yeah, I'll I'll, I'll see if you have one before, before I give my my second one, just in case. Yeah, mine mine honestly, um, I was really looking forward to a Lions Ravens Super Bowl. I really was. I wanted to see a Lions Ravens Super Bowl so bad. I didn't get it. I didn't get. It. I'm getting the opposite. I'm getting a rematch of, of of Chiefs Niners, which you know I I said last week. I respect Andy Reid. I respect Patrick Mahomes. They're the next up-and-coming New England. It's just inevitable. They're just going to go on and win four or five Super Bowls probably, maybe more. I don't know. Um, but I just – I'm disappointed that the Ravens look like a show of themselves. It, like, it, that was such a boring – like, I feel like that AFC Championship game was one of the most boring AFC Championship games I've seen in a very, very long time. The Ravens just did not show up on their home field. And it's kind of just – the Chiefs didn't score in the second half. They didn't score – 
now one point in the, in the second half and still walk away with a victory. So Ravens definitely walked the damn plank. Lamar Jackson, you might have to play off yips. It may it may just be what it is. And then Detroit, being a being a Midwestern guy, being a Chicago guy, that's like I don't know. I I, I can't help but but root for Detroit. Like they they've always been they they've they've been in the dungeon, especially the football dungeon, for forty to fifty years, and they finally had a chance to crack it open and get to a Super Bowl for the first time in franchise history. Had a big seventeen point lead, and then they should have been. And so my dreams of seeing the Ravens Lions Super Bowl died. I'm still gonna watch, but Lions Ravens walked the damn plank. That's that's my walk the plank for the week. So should have done better. Okay, okay. And I'm I'm gonna swing back to NASCAR real quick. My walk the plank is everyone who's upset about NASCAR Mexico having an invitational this, I guess it's this weekend to get at, at the at the clash at, at the Coliseum in LA. Like guys, these 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 guys, most likely, most of them will never race in a national series here in the United States. Giving them one invitation to just race and show their talents in America. I mean, you got Daniel Suarez, who's not the greatest racer, but I mean, he came out the series. He's he's in the invitation, uh, you know, kind of going back to his roots. But anybody who's against letting these smaller series get their shine just a little bit, shame on you. Because, look, as many short tracks as we're losing here in America, we should really be trying to hang on to those to those other series that are international and, and are really growing our next crop of talent for, for NASCAR. So that's my walk to plank. Those fans that just don't understand that not everybody's going to come from, from <laughs> North Wilkesboro, North Carolina. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, we, we know how rich the history is NASCAR in, in North Carolina. But I mean, why do you why do you think that is, or why do you think that fiddle? Because is it is it a regional thing? It's like this is this is our thing, and we don't want to spread it out to people that they feel like are not going to really appreciate what it what it is. Like, why do you why do you think they feel that way? That's definitely part of it. Um, the other part is just that from the '90s to now, we've lost so many of those short tracks on the national series. Um, I mean, Hickory's not there anymore. North Wilkesboro wasn't there for all those years. Rockingham's not there. Like that was three tracks just in North Carolina that lost their their dates since the '90s. So I mean, now that we have Michigan, we have Kentucky, we have Nashville Fairgrounds trying to come back. Like we're going to Iowa for the first time this year. NASCAR's wanting to go international for a race or two, go to Canada, which I don't think that's a bad thing. I just think that like it's not bad to touch on the different regions. Yeah. But you just don't. You can't lose out on going back to North Wilkesboro every once in a while. Going back to uh, Rockingham, and you know, like this, it, it's it's okay to, to sell with me now, you know. Right. But I think that the LA experiment. I hope this year's the last year, honestly, because just I, I'm thinking about all the racers and all the families and the crew guys that's got to go all the way out to LA for one week. Is it is it because it feels forced? It just kind of feels forced. It's not authentic. Like, yeah. It's it's in it's in the LA Coliseum, like. Yeah. This is this this is the Olympics. This is uh USC football. This is not NASCAR. <laughs> this is not NASCAR. <laughs> I agree with that. I agree with that. I see what you're saying. But North Wilkes, I mean they do get the all-star race, right? Isn't that coming? They 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 do have it back this year. They do have it back oh, this year. Right. Yeah. Yeah, they had it last year and this year. So hopefully, hopefully we get a couple more years of that. Maybe they'll go to Rockingham for a year or two. Maybe they'll go to another short track somewhere. You know, bring in some fans, but I think that's what the that's what the All Star Race should really be is is going back to some of these local 
towns, getting the local series as their sign, and really just, you know, shining on what, what makes NASCAR so great. I love it. I love it. And on that note, I ain't got too much else. Josh, you got anything else for the people? Nah, just say, hey, if you're not subscribed, please go subscribe to our YouTube, VSN's YouTube. Yes. Check out the other content that's on there. Give some of those guys a subscribe because I know that they, they really appreciate going across the content levels. And um, that's all I got. Like he said, subscribe, listen, like, do what it is that you do. Pirate Nation, we love you as always. Wash your hands, wash your filthy butts, and we out. Deuce. Later. <laughs> I'm happy you didn't do the piece. <laughs>